ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Elephant in the Room. My name is Joey Rodriguez. I'm here with two of our wonderful eboard members, Kinda Elzubi is our vice chairwoman. Kinda, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, all. Um, I'm Kinda Elzubi. Like Joey said, I'm our vice chairwoman. Um, and to kind of give a little spiel of what I'm trying to do this year on the board. Um, I'm trying to connect our members who are doing virtual learning to the networking and professional opportunities in DC. So I've been trying to do, you know, some, some like networking in DC events and Q&A and info sessions. Um, and we're going to hopefully end that with an internship fair. Um, even though people won't be in person, hopefully they'll get the opportunity to still be immersed in the professional atmosphere here. So that's kind of my goal with my awesome. position this year. And then we also have Alex Brandeis. Can you give a little introduction about yourself, what you do on the board? Yeah, I'm Alex Brandeis and I am the Director of Political Affairs on the CR's board. And basically what I've done this year and what I'm planning to do this year is in the fall, we hosted some really cool events like the mock, the mock party platform event where we had members come in, talk about things that were in the platform and then vote on them. Um, and we had two fall speakers. Um, we had Ken Buck, the representative from Colorado, and we also had Tom Hicks, the co-chair of the RNC. And then looking forward, we're hoping to do something about the accomplishments of the administration on the night before the inauguration um, on the 20th, and then um, have a spring speaker and then hopefully do a panel in the spring. So I'm all into the political side, hosting events, getting speakers type of deal. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's get started. Let's jump into it. Um, Joe Biden will be inaugurated here pretty soon, just because uh, President Trump lost the election. So on January 20th, we will no longer have a Republican in the White House. What is the future of the GOP looking like to y'all? So I'll, I'll start and I'll say that my favorite uh, politician for the longest time since 2015 was Ted Cruz. Uh, I'm from Texas and uh, I love Ted Cruz being a big constitution guy. It's where I, you know, he kind of made me fall in love with the constitution. Um, but obviously recently I haven't liked him as much just because I felt like he hasn't been um, paying as much attention as he used to, to like the constitution and like just the beautiful document itself. He's kind of like gone on to um, be less about that. Um, so I think my favorite uh, Republican right now is Senator Tim Scott, and then also the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Um, who are your guys' favorite politicians right now? I'll well, Joey, I kind of made a little list in my head of, you know, if I could think of 2024 candidates for the GOP, yeah. Tim Scott is one of them um, in my head. I don't know, you know, how likely that is but I think if we're looking for someone who is going to be you know a barrier breaker in just kind of the identity politics realm not that we're going to play that but you know that's people just as a, as a given pay attention right. to that um but I think he's done a lot you know with showing how racial harmony can be achieved through republican ideals yeah. you know we don't have to become like a socialist country for people to not be racist anymore. So he does a really good job of appealing to minorities, like capitalist, yeah. um, entrepreneurial aspect. So I think he could do really well there. Um, so he, 
yeah, yeah go for ahead. me he's like the definition of a compassionate conservative what i think of you know someone that gets into politics to try and better people and instead of thinking like you know, getting people to rely on the government for prosperity he genuinely believes in the ability of uh, the American people to be successful themselves and starting up their own companies and stuff like that. So I, I that's why I really love him because he he just champions that all the time. Continue, sorry. That was really all I was going to say about him, but I think I think that could give him a real edge. So, Alex, what about you? Yeah, I definitely agree that I think Tim Scott would be a really great candidate in twenty twenty four. Um, just some other favorites. Um, I really like Young Kim's story, and I think she's really yeah. powerful to win the California 39th. So I thought she was really impressive. I don't know if she's a 2024 candidate, but I'm really excited about her being in Congress. Um, and then I think uh, Christy Noem, the governor yeah. of South Dakota, is very interesting, and her take on the whole COVID thing throughout the entire time right. um, it was a different take, but it also works because she has a smaller population type of thing. Uh, but she is very interesting and pretty powerful. Okay, hear me out. What about in 2024, the ticket is Nikki Haley and Christy Nome, president, vice president, what do y'all think? I also like Nikki Haley and I think she is such a powerful woman and has like a good stance. So I think that would be a very powerful ticket. I don't know if it would be a balanced enough ticket to get all of the votes, um, just because some of the old Republicans are just not in on that. Yeah, uh, sure. So yeah, I think, I think get a balance. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of lacks the balance. I think they're both powerhouses, which you know we love to see that. Um, and Nikki Haley, I think, would be very contrasting to what we've seen with Trump, um, who's more isolationist in regards right. to foreign affairs. Um, you know, so I think she would do really well with, you know, diversity, minority issues, but also kind of getting us back in the fray with regards to NATO and the UN, kind of make things more regular again. Um, so I think that is kind of the thing I'm looking to see for the Republican Party is that we no longer have this very unpredictable, you know, eccentric personality in the, in the White House, hopefully in 2024, but someone who is kind of more traditional and predictable and calm um, personality wise. Well, so. You got me thinking just, just then like there, you know, let's say Trump doesn't get convicted and it's you know, very likely that in his second um, trial in the Senate, he probably won't get convicted because you need 17 Republicans to switch. And while there may be more support this time around, to, uh, I guess, convict him, I don't think he would reach 17 are um, think that he should be running again? Do you guys think the party should move in a different direction? What do you What do you think? I think at this point he is a very polarizing figure, um, and at this point he probably won't win again. Also, the man's gonna be like seventy eight. He is going pretty old. Well. Like he's gonna be quite old, and I mean Joe Biden is the same age. Like they're all very old and I think the party at this point needs to start putting up people who are at least a little bit younger right? Uh, because it's getting to the point where they're all the same and it's like the the voting population is getting younger and right. we're all voting and it's like okay 
we need someone different. Um, we need someone. And I think to get some of the more votes, we need to put a different figure like Tim Scott or Nikki Haley up to show a little bit more uh, excitement and ideas in the party as a whole. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the, the new blood is a very important point. Um, you know, from just like a getting the vote perspective, but also just kind of the image of our party. But when I'm thinking about, you know, Trump and new blood and stuff, the the thing I think that would actually be, I don't know what your guys' opinions are on this, but I think the likelihood of a Trump running, I think it would be one of his children, not right. um, I just I just see that happening. Um, but I think my personal opinion is you know, I think Trump had a good run until everything crashed and burned. Um, you know, he lost my respect with that. But I think, you know, he did some good things policy wise in the time that he had. But I see that his kids would probably try to carry the torch for him. Um, and I, I don't know how well received that would be or the likelihood of that happening. Yeah, I think um, I don't think any of the sons would be my favorite pick, but actually you know, seeing Ivanka do some of her trips across the Middle East and across the globe, she's incredibly poised and intelligent. Um, she knows how to work a crowd, how to speak to um, the sentiments of the people that she's talking to. So although I, she's definitely not in like any of my top 10 people to run because she doesn't have any like specific representative senatorial governmental experience, you know, she she still could be, she has the Trump name and she could be a powerhouse. She's also a woman. And I think, you know, the Republican Party just in 2020 increased its female House GOP by two times over. Um, so the female Republican is definitely some someone that's booming right now. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, you know, moving, you know, we've we, the Republicans have lost the House. We've lost the Senate. We've lost the presidency. Um, what should the Republican Party be standing for right now, um, moving into 2022 and 2024? Like, what are our biggest, you know, policy concerns? What do we believe in and want the American people to like, you know, we have the best policies. We are the better party because we believe in, in you. What, what do we tell them to, to get out and vote and to, to vote for Republicans now? Kinda, you can go first. Okay. Um, I would say I kind of have a twofold answer to this. The first thing, and I kind of alluded to this with our discussion about Tim Scott, um, I think that we need to show, um, and I think this would be primarily through our rhetoric, that we are compassionate and, you know, we do care about the issues that are salient to, you know, the Democrats. Like, we're not these robotic people that don't care about people getting shot in the street or yeah. brutality, you know, we do care about these things, but we have a conservative way of solving these issues. So I think showing that compassion, but showing that we want to adhere to, you know, the capitalist system, we want to, you know, adhere to our constitution in solving these issues. I think that's going to be our selling point, kind of the image that we should portray ourselves through. Um, but in terms of actual issues, I mean, immigration is always a big one. I think, mm -hmm. I think personally, that's really the only foreign affairs issue that I think we should worry about. I think with everything happening in the country, there's a lot of disarray. We kind of need to worry about domestic things right now and getting our 
our stuff together at home before we, you know, we're abroad, you know, doing peace treaties, peace treaties, et cetera. I think, you know, the economy, our deficit, the environment, infrastructure, you know, we need to focus at what's happening at home and, you know, our relations with each other before we try to, you know, take on anything bigger and better than that. So that's kind of what I think we should see. Absolutely. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I think kind of going off of Kinda, like I honestly feel a lot of what you said. Um, I think one of the biggest things that the Republican Party should improve on is to kind of align ourselves with, not specifically align, but kind of get into the generational feel of um, some of the social issues. Like to me, I can't believe that um, overturning Obergefell versus Hodges is still in the Republican Party platform at this point. Um, and I can't believe that um, LGBT rights are still like a question. Um, we kind of like what like Kinda said, we need to show that we're compassionate and that we care about all types of people as we should. Um, so I think that's one of the big things is just getting in line with figuring out, um, getting rid of that out of the platform and showing that like, uh, obviously caring about trying to word it <laughs> um like kind said showing that we are compassionate showing that we care about people getting shot in the streets showing that we care about police brutality um but we want to solve it in a different way we don't want to raise taxes on everything we don't want to defund the police we don't want to um just turn ourselves into a socialist system and i yeah. think we just need to look forward um and kind of figure out how to fix the small they're not small. The problems at home um, yeah. keep up the economy and keep up like immigration stances and um, keep up jobs and all that mm -hmm. type of stuff. I completely agree. The I think the Republican Party right now has a big problem with not being able to entice young voters. And I think we have a we have winning platforms in that you know people don't want to be taxed more. Um, people people's companies don't want to be over-regulated. Um, and I think people are seeing, have seen the promise at least a little bit in the first half of the Trump presidency in you know, our economic policies. Now with COVID, of course, that was all completely messed up, but that was, you know, unseen. So I think the, the message that we have, you know, our platform is winning and that people genuinely like it. It's just that, you know, they see our leaders not, um, they don't see our leader, they don't see themselves in our leaders. You know, we, we have a lot of older people, we have a lot of men, and then we have, you know, not a very diverse, not very diverse party. Um, and I think now, nowadays, um, as you guys mentioned before, the younger generation is voting increasingly more, and we need to be able to get the young voters out as we may be, you know, very, we participate in politics at a very young age, but we're not the norm for young people. And I think that just getting young people in general to be involved with politics and, and concerned and getting their voice heard is extremely important. So I'll ask you guys, how do we get young people more involved with politics and how do we show them that the Republican party is the best choice? Like, let's say like pick one thing, one policy from the Republican party that you were gonna try and convince you know, your hometown, you know, high school friends to, to be like, look, Republicans are better than Democrats. 
Alex, you can go first. I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, this is an interesting question. Um, Cause I've thought about this and I think getting people, getting young people involved in politics in general, um, a lot of people are right now just because of everything that's been happening in the world. But it's also, we kind of have to show a less divisive United States yeah. because when people can actually talk about it with their friends instead of, um, obviously some people just resort to screaming matches, but or <laughs> people just have to sit down and be like, people have to sit down and be like, we're not gonna talk about it because we'll never agree. Um, we have to be able to talk about it in a nice way and also kind of get back to, you know, passing real bipartisan bills where there is actually like full support um, mm -hmm. and show that. And then I think one of the things that I always say is my friends don't understand the Republican side of things because they don't have families who have put everything on the line. Mm -hmm. um, my friend's a small business and it's sometimes to the point where it's like, okay, we're going to sell this to make the business keep running. So I don't think they understand how much people put on the line where people put up their houses as collateral mm -hmm. um, to make their business work. And I think once my high school friends and all start working and actually earning a real salary and having to pay a mortgage and things, they will start realizing that being taxed at 50% is pretty terrible. That's and even if you point. just tax the top 1%, that top 1% owns everything. So they're going to raise prices. Jeff Bezos will raise the price on things on Amazon. Absolutely. So. I, so one of my friends just started working full time and he's a Democrat. He'll be, he'll remain unnamed, but he saw he got his first like big check and he saw how much the government took out of his check now he multiplied his hourly wage by how many hours he worked and he was like i'm expecting this and then it was like 25 percent less than he was expecting he was like guys you know i might just have to start voting democrat i mean republican now like i can't take this anymore yeah. Uh, Kinda, let's let's uh, let's hear. Yeah, from you. I think you guys touch on a really important thing, and I think that that's kind of the problem with our generation. Is I think it's not necessarily getting them politically active. I think I mean we live in D.C., but I think in general, a lot of our generation thinks it's quote unquote woke or it's hip to be politically active, but a lot of these people aren't informed. And I think that kind of goes back to, I mean, I don't know, I think I had like a really good AP US like government of politics teacher in high mm. school. So like maybe goes back to, you know, our civics classes, but I think, you know, understanding or founding documents and the way things work is, you know, the cornerstone. And I think that's what a lot of people lack. I think, you know, like Instagram, social media has made it very popular to, you know, show who you're voting for or that you hashtag want to defund the police. Um, so I think it's just getting people to actually like dig below the surface and actually look at these issues critically. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of like what you guys said, people aren't really going to start doing that until they're actually the ones working, until these issues are actually salient to them, you know, and they see how much of their, you know, their money is just going to the government. I think until they're in that position, they're not going to really wake up and see that. Um, but I think, you know, if I had to sit down one-on-one -on -one with a liberal and try to convey this, I would probably start with those issues, just like you guys said, you yeah. know, taxes, social security, economy, regulation. I think that's a really good starting place because once you understand that, it kind of, you know, the way our, 
our corporations, our economy functions, I think that kind of bleeds into every other aspect of life. So I feel like that's probably the best place to start on our aspect. Well, all right. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this short and sweet uh, podcast. This has been Elephant in the Room. Thank you, Kenda. And thank you, Alex, for joining. Hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Yes. Thank you for having us, Joey.